0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Real Talk, a movie podcast. We are your go to source for ratings and recommendations of past and present films. I am your host, Wes Jones,
1: podcasting from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hey, this is Tommy, podcasting straight from Nashville, Tennessee.
2: The Movie Buddy Conway, podcasting from Bowling Green, Kentucky.
0: What's up, Real Talk listeners? We're back with our reviewing the new series. And if this is your first time listening to a reviewing the new episode, this is where each host is going to let you know some of the newest movies they've seen. We're going to give you spoiler free reviews to help you decide whether you want to go run out to the theater and see the movie, whether you want to stream it or if you're one of those people that still like to go to Redbox or or buy a movie. I don't even know, besides like Amazon, where whatever store you can go into even buy movies anymore. Anyway, we want to help you make your decision. And so we've got eight reviews tonight that we're going to throw out. And then you never know with T-Man and Gabe where like these reviews (laughs) we don't even talk about are going to come from. um, I literally almost, I, I got to my, You know, and that's a wrap. And right before I said that, T-Man threw in another review last episode. So um, anyway, we we talked about eight. It could be more like 12. You just never know. So audience, let's we'll buckle in. We're going to get these reviews out to you. So, gentlemen, Gabe, I think you're you're somewhere. You're not in Kentucky like you normally are. So what's up tonight? What's going on?
2: Well, my intro probably just lied to everybody because I'm actually in Florida. I'm in Ponce Inlet, Florida, and I have a couple interesting stories to tell you guys. And I'll be quick. Unlike Wes's roof story, I'll tell you my quick version of what (laughs) transpired. So my parents, I'm in Florida. My parents have a condo down here and we have a balcony. And when you go out on the balcony, it's broken. The screen door is broken and sometimes it locks you out here. Well, the good news was I had my book that I was reading and I had a a thing of water. The bad news is my wife has this tendency when she goes places and I love her to death. But when she goes places, she just lollygants around, takes her sweet time. And she was, you know, out getting a pedicure. And, you know, four hours later, she came back. And in the meantime, I'm locked out on the balcony with my book and my water. So the fortunate thing was I had a water. The unfortunate thing was like, I was just sitting out here two and a half hours and I had to pee, but I had the bottle that I drank the water from. So I peed in the bottle that I drank the water from, but the bad news is I filled up the bottle and I had to pee again. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to pour this off the balcony. And I was, oh. and I was, and it's four stories up. So I was really hoping nobody walked under it. I was pouring it. <laughs> so I poured it on the <laughs> And then I beat in the bottle again. So it's no big deal other than that. You know, I got to read, got to relax, but, uh, you know, so that happened. You
0: poured that's, urine off the side and, of a condo.
2: And pour urine off the side of a condo. So that's what I've been up to that. And today I was going to try surfing. But this made the national news. A gigantic shark off the coast of Ponce Inlet uh, went under a surfboarder. And I'm not any good at surfing, but they have a surfboard here. So, and I've gotten kind—I almost got up like twice last time. And so I was planning on going out there, but my dad called me and said it made national news. And I watched the video, and I was like, "I've done a bunch of Shark Week episodes. I don't want to die."
0: Well, I don't even know where to start with all that. (laughs) Uh, I really don't.
2: I'll give a shout-out. I was reading Into the Wallwood by Luke Hosley, who's been on the show. And it's a good book, guys. You guys should check it out.
0: Well, great shout-out to Luke. And T-Man, maybe I should have brought you in first here because I am i don't know if you're lost for <laughs> words like I am. But uh, anyway, how's things going this evening?
1: Ah, things are going good. You know, I did not expect that story from Gabe. But then again, knowing Gabe, I'm not— too surprised hearing all of that (laughs) um i just don't i don't even know where to begin gabe Uh, i hope nobody saw you throw that stuff over the side because i'm sure that's going to come back on your parents so if they get like an eviction notice uh they'll know who it's coming from
2: yeah that kind of pictured like dirty work where the urine got poured on the guy and he was just really angry
1: all right let's move on from the from the bodily functions how about that (laughs) yeah that's um i'm not a big bodily functions guy
0: it's a an an unfortunate transition to our guest um after that as well (laughs) i i hope she's still there but i'm still uh, here okay great great. she stayed
3: i did i stayed i didn't run and i also have to say game has a really good never have i ever now
0: (laughs) that's true throw
3: that one out now
0: <laughs> That's true. So, audience, um, our guest tonight is a member of our Real Talk community and someone that we've got to know over the last several months, and uh, we're just really happy to have Julie Sires with us tonight. Uh, Gabe, uh, we saw in the comments where you know Gabe was talking to Julie one day, and and our understanding about Julie is that she loves watching films. She's always going to see new movies. She's always commenting on our posts about new movies, and uh, we, we just have enjoyed really getting to talk to her about that. So Gabe thought, why don't we invite her on to do one of the Reviewing the New, where we're talking about brand new films. And fortunately, she agreed. And Julie, just welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us tonight.
3: Thank you for having me, for inviting me. I have fun in your group. So I love commenting on different things and I know today one of the great posts was about scariest movies.
2: What's you know, your scariest movie?
3: Well, and I I was reading comments after I made my comment because mine is between the original Halloween and Scream. Yeah. Nice. Those two are like because there are some movies that are so scary, but it's almost like I don't enjoy them because they're so scary. And it's like like, The Ring, I will never see that movie again. That is one of the scariest <laughs> things I've ever seen. I saw that girl climbing out of that well for I don't even know how long in my head. <laughs> never want to see that again. Y'all know how it is? And people were listing mm-hmm. movies on there. And I'm like, there are some movies on there way too scary. I like to watch scary movies that I love and will re-watch. Like, I will watch Scream anytime. And y'all, did y'all see that it's coming back out at the movie theaters in October?
2: Uh, October. Pumped.
3: For one of those fathom event things, I'm like I'm I have it on the calendar. I'm hoping to be able to go.
0: Oh, that would be great. Yes, I, I want to see I another saw, screen. I saw Scream Two in theaters. I did not see the original in theaters, and so I that that would be I would love to go see that movie. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned Halloween, and and that's one of my all time favorites. Gabe's a big screen person, so you're hitting the right notes so far. But tell us just a little bit, like when. When did your your love of film really get started?
3: I'm not even going to lie, y'all. It started when I was like a little kid. Like my mom took me to see Grease when it originally came out at the movie theater. And I was like, yes. I don't even know if I was five yet. I was about five because I turned five that summer. And I mean, I still kind of have a vague recollection of it. But I have loved movies, I mean, since I was tiny. And I was watching movies with family because if y'all remember like when before like we could have on demand and all that kind of stuff, you know, it was a big deal when a movie would come on once a year on network television and like you made it an event. So it was like, you know, gone with the wind comes on one time a year, the wizard of Oz one time a year, Greece one time a year. And I still remember one of those times animal house came on that one time a year. And I was way too young to be watching animal house (laughs) <laughs> and I loved that movie. And so much of it went over my head. Thank God, probably at the age I was at. I was probably like 7. And I still love that movie to this day.
2: It's but a great movie.
3: It's a great movie and the soundtrack ah is amazing. But I just I just love movies. They're just fun. My husband and I like are huge movie buffs. It's like we Go to move we haven't of course with COVID and everything we hadn't gone we had stopped going to movies but we're back in the you know the last few months of going again so it's been kind of fun to kind of be able to see things in a big theater again
0: it, it's a, it's awesome and unfortunately when i go there's there's hardly anybody else there so the, the people that are are out there that are you know very COVID conscious I mean, you're, you you'll do okay at the theater in most places because there you'll be appropriately spaced out, and mm-hmm. people won't be all over the top of you. And again, we've talked about it many times on this show. We just can't wait for audiences to to get back to the theater because yes. I'm afraid it's gonna continue to damage the market the longer that that this goes
2: on.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. I want it to be uh, back to like that excitement when you're in there with a big crowd.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I will say recently I went and saw me and my wife went and saw Grease in the drive-in and that was oh, awesome. I bet that was amazing. Yeah, I know, because we're watching the drive-in scene and we're in the drive-in. I was like, this is <laughs> this is amazing. And she thought so, too. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that.
3: Yes,
0: well, Somebody. Julie, just one more question before we get to your first review of the night, and just just tell the audience, we've been asking some of the people that we brought on to interview, and we'll ask you as well, just give the audience just a couple of your all-time favorite films.
3: Let's see, movies, I'm thinking movies that if I see them when I'm flipping channels that I will stop and just watch from wherever they are. Sixteen Candles, definitely one of those movies, mm. love that one. Um, some Kind of Wonderful. Another John Hughes. Love that one. I love the American Pie movies. I know we're talking about American Pie at the beginning, but I love American Pie. (laughs) I remember seeing the first one with a packed theater, and it was amazing. I'm trying to think. I mean, I love the classic musicals like Singing in the Rain, Grease. I love those. I saw Chicago, like, I think 10 times at the movie theater.
0: I so, think yeah, T-Man's a big Chicago fan, and I actually I've, I own Singing in the Rain. I don't own Grease, but I do own Sixteen Candles as well, mm-hmm. so uh, John Hughes was amazing. And I actually bought the Criterion of Breakfast Club,
4: Ooh, and nice. I
0: haven't watched the Criterion version yet, which of course is it's the same version of the film, it's just <laughs> uh, cleaned up a little bit, and I'm looking forward to watching some of the extras and, and commentary and stuff like that on there, so... Good stuff. All right. Well, let's get into the the reviews of the new films. And Julie, we want you to kick us off tonight. What have you brought for us?
3: All right. So I'm going to take you all back like to when I was probably in my teens. Because this is when I remember this stuff breaking the news. So I saw the eyes of Tammy Faye. My husband and I went to see it. We love Jessica Chastain. She is amazing. Just in everything. So we are really excited to see her in this movie. And it tells, of course, the story of Tammy Faye and Jim Baker. The crazy Christian televangelist from starting like in the 70s, like into, I guess, the early, hmm, late 80s, early 90s. And she deserves an Oscar for this movie. Like, do y'all remember her? Like, I think y'all are younger than I am. But do you remember her at all from like the news when you were younger? Do you remember like seeing her made up face and everything. Cause that's what I really remember being like around 14, 15 is I remember her face.
2: I do not. I guarantee T-Man does. <laughs> I, I, I kind of do. Like, I remember a couple of the news stories, but I guarantee Tommy does.
1: No, she's a little too, uh, we're a little too young for that. A
2: little too young.
1: Yeah. Well, so it's not, yeah. it's not in our generation. But I, I know who who she is. Yes. But no, it's just, it happened before really. We were kind of aware, I think, of what's going on.
3: Probably a good thing is it's like a crazy story. So y'all will really like seeing this movie and actually seeing the behind the scenes on it. Because what's cool about it is that it starts when Tammy Faye is a little girl. And you kind of see the backstory of her and how she kind of became kind of into the woman that she became with her personality. And her mom is played by Cherry Jones, who is also amazing in pretty much everything you see her in. She's kind of like the black sheep of the family. Like she's not really welcomed into the fold and it kind of kind of, you know, goes in her into her heart of just being feeling like she's not loved. And so you kind of see how that kind of starts shaping how she is. Now, when she goes to college, she goes to Bible college, and that's where she meets Jim. And Tammy is like, she loves to sing. She loves to dance. She's kind of like the opposite of everybody else at the Bible college. And Jim ends up falling for her. And so you see about how they get married, and it's like a big surprise to Tammy's family. They're like shocked, like, what, you got married? What's going on here? And about a year or so after they got married, they started touring around and doing like puppet shows, and Jim would do like kind of like a Bible study um, and started kind of getting fans and followers. You really start seeing kind of how something that became so huge in like, especially in the 80s, really became formed like from the beginning. And back in the 60s, they were actually part of the founders of the 700 Club, which is like still on TV. Every once in a while, I'll be watching something. I think on, I can't remember if it's on what channel it's on, but the 700 Club will come on after it. And it's kind of like a, you know, like a Christian talk show type um, thing with like singing and stuff.
2: I always see it at like 5 a.m.
3: Yes, it's always on at weird times. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. and you're like, and you always try and usually turn away from it as quickly as possible. Like, oh, it's the 700 Club. I'm turning the channel. Like, I got to find something (laughs) else to watch. Um, And so they let, they, hold on, let me see. I was making notes, y'all. I wanted to be good for today. Um, They left several years later because they started clashing with, Um, Pat Robertson, they launched the Trinity Broadcasting Network. So the movie really kind of shows from the beginning to the end. What's really interesting is that Andrew Garfield plays Jim Baker. Now, I don't know how y'all are on Andrew Garfield, but I don't really like him in almost everything he's in. I liked him in The Social Network. I thought he was perfect in that movie.
0: Yeah, he was good. Yeah, really good. I have not
3: liked him in anything else since then. And I refused to see the Spider-Man movies he was in because I felt he just was not Peter Parker.
0: Uh, That's fair. You can skip them. Yeah, I don't think you're missing anything.
3: (laughs) That's what I figured. I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm just going to pass. But I got to give him props. Y'all, he is really good as Jim Baker. I think he could be Oscar worthy for this movie as well. And I don't even like the guy normally. So that's like high praise.
0: I thought he was pretty good in Hacksaw Ridge.
3: See, I didn't see. Wait, did I see that one? Is that where he's like a soldier?
0: hmm. And he it's based on a true story where he goes and and he saves like so, so many
2: soldiers.
3: Probably. OK, I did see that one. OK, I will go. I, with. I you liked
2: in him that in that. Yeah, he was here's
4: the it, one.
2: here's the deal with him. I do think he's got good acting chops like but the entire time that I see him on the screen, I can't look away from his hair. Like, how does it stay in that place? Like, what's going on? Like, I have so many questions. <laughs> does he use conditioner i doubt it Uh, you know it's it's, there's a lot of questions
3: way too many questions they will not be answered in this movie either because he has crazy (laughs) hair in this movie as well so you'll just be focusing on his head again good (laughs) now of course in the 80s that's when things kind of took a turn with tammy Faye and jim where you know, she got hooked on like painkillers and he was out kind of engaging in a lot of illicit things and things kind of exploded at that time. I don't want to be too spoilery. I know it's kind of like a true story thing. Um, So a lot of people are, are familiar somewhat with her backstory, but I've just never really heard that much about her specifically. And that's what I really liked about this movie is it is about Tammy Faye Baker and kind of seeing how she evolved over the years another person I got to give a shout out to in this movie is Vincent D'Onofrio which y'all I did not even realize it was Vincent D'Onofrio in this movie and he plays Jerry Falwell and I did not even I kept looking at him you know how it is in a movie when you're looking and you're like is that I know I should know this person and as soon as we got out, I pulled up IMDB and I'm like, hello, you know, like what's going on? Um, and I said, and my husband's like, oh, I could have told you that if you had just poked me and asked me. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't know. I said, but he was really good because I didn't even know it was him. And he was like amazing.
0: He's he's good and just about everything. I love Vincent D'Onofrio he
3: is he and he's just a chameleon like he just can do so many different roles so well. And I don't want to go too much more into details because y'all really have to see it. The movie is so good and you will just be sucked in and riveted because the story of these two, especially Tammy Faye, is just so amazing. You can't believe that it's real.
2: Went and saw this in the theater and I kind of really want to now because I think it is exactly what I was hoping for. So yes,
3: definitely. Go I, see it.
2: I, if it's still here, I will go check it out.
0: And Julie, just we we sometimes give ratings like out of ten. What would you what would you write the film? You
2: no, know,
3: I would say like eight and a half or nine out of ten because. Oh wow! 100%. I was sucked in, y'all. The just everybody in it is perfect. Just the acting, everything. I mean, seriously, I think we could be seeing some good Oscar stuff here with these guys
1: yeah i was gonna ask you Tina i have seen not it. seen it no i have not seen it it does look good i've heard some people say it's really good one thing i've heard uh several things that i think jessica chastain will definitely be in the oscar race for this um she could win i don't think she will but i think it's a possibility and the makeup looks amazing and so that mm-hmm. will also be definitely uh in the running for the oscar race i mean definitely. she is Uh, unrecognizable in the role if you've seen the trailer and of course jessica chastain uh, is one of our best actresses she's kind of had a uh, past few years where she hasn't really popped in in anything Uh, i think she's had a lot of roles that didn't you know from a critical acclaim standpoint not a lot went right there but i think this is a big comeback for her and um yeah i think you'll definitely see her as one of the major contenders in the oscars All right. Well, that was Julie's
0: review of the eyes of Tammy Faye and T-Man. Let's go into let's go to you next. And
1: uh, what'd you bring for the audience tonight? Yeah. So the film I just recently saw is really the big movie that's out right now and really the biggest movie that's been out in a long time i'll be completely honest it is shang chai and the legend of the ten rings the most recent marvel film so unless you've been hidden under a rock our movie fans out there you i'm sure you know what this movie is it is the most recent marvel film and i'll be honest with you when i went into it i didn't know how much i would like it you know i saw the trailers it looked pretty good But the Black Widow movie wasn't great. I mean, it was okay. It was good, but it didn't, like, blow me away. You know, Marvel hasn't had a movie over the past year since Black Widow. They've had the TV series, which some are good, some are not. And there was, you know, kind of rumblings out there of, is Marvel done? Are they overrated? Um, You know, has Marvel passed its due date? Uh, Has Marvel lost its mojo? i'll just say this no they have not because shang chai is is really really good i was blown away really how good it was and gabe i know you can attest to this you know you saw it before me and you texted me and said it is awesome and you loved it it's in your top five and i was sitting there i was like no way can't be that good and when i saw it, i got out of theater i was like wow it really is good it's really the perfect recipe for the Marvel movie. Um, not gonna go too far into the plot because lots of twists and turns in it, but it's basically around uh, the character. Um, who basically has to confront his past with his father and understand his destiny, and he has to, you know, go against his father Wu, who is the leader of the Ten Rings organization, and it draws him and his sister um, into that confrontation. And he learns about himself. He has to grow into the hero that he was destined to be. You know, like I said, Marvel has a formula, and it's worked for. Past twelve years, over twenty films, and this movie is the perfect scenario of that formula. And you know, it's got fun plot, good characters, great humor. It's got that hero journey that Marvel does so well, especially in their origin films. And it just leaves you in the theater, just you know, on a high. Really, I think. I mean, there were people clapping in my theater, and I can see now why the critics' reviews and the audience scores are so high. Because it really is, when Marvel is at its best, they can make really good, big-budget blockbuster films. I don't want to go too much more into it, because really, you know, I've been thinking about doing a Marvel episode in the future. that I really kind of want to take a deeper dive into what makes Marvel so special. Uh, What are, you know, what they're doing has never been done before. Other studios have been trying to do it now, and they have failed and marvel continues to do it and i'm just glad to see you know that they're able to be successful because like i said i know a lot of people were counting them out and i think this phase four is going to be successful based off this uh so gab i just want to pitch it over to you uh any thoughts or reactions to what i said because i know you really liked
2: it too i was really scared when i gave you my review and i because when you give somebody a high review and then they go see it it's you sometimes they're expecting high and then it can be bad because like if it's any worse than high, it's going to be you're going to review it poorly. So sometimes I like review movies and right after I see them, I review them to like well. And so I sat with this one for a couple of days and I was like, you know, it really is in my top five. The story of the person like I don't know anything about this comic book. Nothing. That's, I'd never nothing. even. Yeah, I've never heard of this person. And the the power that he has is so strange. It's like not even like, like you're. it's these rings, like the dad has the rings and then, he, well, and then
1: he doesn't really even have any power. The rings. Yeah. and That's not a spoiler. You see that in the trailer. He is just considered the best martial artist.
2: So yeah. like, I didn't know what it was going to be. It, do, it doesn't take long for you to realize the Marvel formula. And as soon as you do, and you see the fight scene in the bus and the music kicks in, you're like, all right, I'm with this. I'm ready to take it to the end. I want to see what's going to happen. And the end, like I won't do any giant spoilers, but there's gigantic dragons in there. Fantastic. I love dragons. <laughs> Gabe, <I'm>, loves dragons.
1: <laughs> Gabe loves dragons.
2: <laughs> Gabe loves dragons. And so it couldn't get any better for me. And, and I've thought about it. Top four, easy peasy, lemon squeezy.
1: Nice. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot to unpack within the Marvel Universe, and there's a lot that I have on my mind around... Marvel and what it's doing within the film industry. Uh, But I think, like I said, I want to save a lot of that, those talking points and those discussions for uh, an individual episode that we'll have down the road. Uh, But I do want to ask Julie, have you seen this movie? If you have thoughts on it?
3: Oh, yes. I have seen it. I'm a huge Marvel fan. Absolutely loved it.
4: I loved
3: it. I mean, that movie (laughs) was start to finish. And I finished, finish, finish because of all those extra scenes was just like awesome i want to see it again
1: nice was there anything uh just real quick was there what was the best part about it what what did you like the most i guess i could say aquafina i did too
2: like she some people fine. had she's written
3: so that, they dis, that they just
2: that they they disliked her in the movie and i was like i loved her you know because i recognized her from Ride of the last dragon and then i was like man i kind of some people think she's annoying but i like her i love I do too. Her. she's so fun
1: yeah I agree. I agree. Well, great. Now, I would ask Wes if he's seen it, but I know he hasn't. Uh, I guess Wes just does not like fun anymore. I'm not sure (laughs) what's
2: going on there. Anti-fun.
1: Anti-fun. I guess we could call Wes the new anti-fun guy. Wes, this movie was made in 1940. What are your thoughts on it now? (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to go see it nice nice well guys like i said shang chi if you have not seen it and I, I don't even know if i'm pronouncing it right is it shang chi or shang chi um i'm thinking shang chi if I think it's I, Shang-Chi.
4: that's
1: sure, what i'm thinking right. okay all right good just want to be sure on that um like i said if you're on the fence about i'm pretty sure anybody that's listening to it that's a marvel fan has already seen it but if you're on the fence if you're like i don't know I, i've seen a lot of marvel movies just go like I went to it, not sure about it. And I think you'll have a really great time with it.
3: Yeah. It's a wild ride.
1: Well, there was a
0: T man trying to get me to go see Marvel movies. Again, my, uh, my friends who like movies are always talking up Marvel and uh, go see them. And then I'm like, I don't, I don't know, but this one looks different. This, this one looks different than all the other ones. Well, you're kind of like a DC guy, right? Wouldn't you say? Well, I know you can't even call me that. I'm not even really a DC person. <laughs> uh, I'm more of just a Batman and Spider Man kind of person.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not a thing.
4: <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Isn't it it
1: you can't be a, a Batman. You're evil. Like, I'm a Marvel. I'm a DC guy. What's this? <laughs> Spider Man. So you're just the two most popular characters, guy. Exactly.
2: Okay. That's I see fair. what he did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this spotlight,
0: this burning hot spotlight off of me. Let's move on to Gabe. Uh, uh, T Man, um, give us your rating on that one if you don't mind. What would you rate it out of 10?
1: I mean, if, we're, if I'm going out of 10, because I like to heavily weight block, you know, if I'm going to see a blockbuster, I have a different scale. I'm going with a strong, you know, 8.5. Okay.
2: Yes.
0: Good deal. Man,
2: T Man. Yes. That's what I would have <laughs> given it to. I'm so excited about that. All right. So you're going to me. So I'm flip I'm flipping through Netflix the other day, and I gotta tell you guys, every Halloween, I like to find me a family fun Halloween movie. And because every year I'm gonna I go to the drive-in and I watch Hocus Pocus. And I look forward to it because and I know Hocus Pocus isn't like a great movie, but it's just something about the nostalgia and the fun Halloween aspect of it. It gets me in the fall spirit. And last year they showed Hocus Pocus and Casper and me and my family went and watched it and had a great time. So I see on Netflix that there's this movie called Night Books and it's directed by Sam Raimi, and it's a kid's movie. And so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued and I turn it on and it was one of those, like, I was like, you know, if I turn it on and it stinks, I'll just turn it off. No big deal. But I turned it on and I was, it hooks you from the get go. So let me tell you a little bit about the story. The story's about this kid, and this kid's a little bit different. He loves horror, and he writes horror stories, and he, he has written a bunch of horror stories, but so much to the point that it kind of ostracizes him from the other kids in his class. Well, as you know, he's getting ready to have his big birthday party, he's a little sad, and you don't know why. And he wanders off, and he wanders into this apartment, but the apartment has, happens to be owned by a witch. And the witch entraps him in this apartment and forces him to tell stories every night. And you don't know why. And I can't get too much more into it because it will give away some of the, 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 the story. The short thing is the reason I like this movie, the main character, the kid actor, is fantastic. Sam Raimi knows what he's doing when he produces a movie. He picked this, and I guarantee he handpicked this because he knew it was going to be good. He It stars the, the lady from Jessica Jones, and I really like her as an actress. I don't know why. She's kind of rough around the edges, but I've always liked her in everything. I think it's Ritter, Kristen Ritter, or whatever yeah, her Kristen name Ritter. is. I, I like her in everything that she's in, and I think I might just like her personality. I don't know if that's it or not. Um, and this is kind of off the topic, but when T-Man told me to watch Jessica Jones, he said, Look. I don't give you many recommendations, but just watch the first episode of Jessica Jones. And if you don't think it's the best episode of television, then just stop. And I did. And I was like, the ending, he goes, the ending is fantastic. And the ending is fantastic. So if you ever are looking for a show, watch the first episode of Jessica Jones and I guarantee you'll get hooked. But um, regardless, this movie, she's a witch in it. She's fantastic. The lead actress is fan is fantastic. But what I will say is it's not kid friendly. And I was hoping it would be. I was hoping I could show my um, six year old son afterwards. You don't want to do that. And me and Rachel were talking about it in the car right on the way home tonight. You probably wanted your kid to be about 13 before he sees this movie, because there are some spots where it's it's kind of freaky, honestly. Um, but as far as an adult, you'll love the movie. It's a Halloween fun movie, but it's it's not going to be scary for you as an adult, but you'll enjoy it. Uh, as far as the rating, Wes, I know you're going to ask me that. I would give it, as far as a family fun Halloween movie, 7 out of 10. I think everybody will enjoy it.
1: You know, I saw this on Netflix the night before you told me about it. And I hadn't heard about it. And I was like, man, that looks really good. And I saw Sam Raimi had produced it. I saw the trailer. And I have a I love those horror movies designed for kids. You know, yeah. the Goosebumps. The uh, Clocks movie with Jack Black, whichever one that one's called. The uh, Monster Squad movie from the 80s. Anybody remembers that one? I love that uh, one. I
3: just got yeah. a shirt that says, uh, Wolfman's got nards.
1: There, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had a feeling Julie would, would be a fan of that one. I was like, I bet Julie's a fan of that one. Hey, it's a classic.
2: Wolfman does have nards.
1: <laughs> so I, I just like those type of movies. I wish they made more of them. You know, it has a very Amblin 80s type feel. And I haven't seen this movie yet, Gabe, but I'm, I'm thinking it's kind of it falls into that realm. So
2: I'll definitely be watching this October. It, you brought up a good point. It is better than the Goosebump movies. But it, I, I, this is what I remind me of. Do you guys remember the show? Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yes. my, I, we were, Me and my wife were just talking about this. She was like, yeah, we used to watch those. And like secretly they would scare me. So like because I was just at that age. But this reminds me of a really good Are You Afraid of the Dark that lasts an hour and a half.
1: I'll throw something and, out. I you remember Erie, Indiana.
3: I remember that I one. I never watched it, but I remember it.
1: Erie, Indiana.
2: I feel Other like I've seen it.
1: Classic. Yeah, early 90s. And then, of course, there was Goosebumps on Fox. So I loved all those. All those were. That's what I'm talking about. They were all in that realm of kind of the horror design for kids, I guess you could say.
2: Yeah, it it's it just it's a fun horror movie. It's like the Goosebump books. People should check it out. It's fun. You would like it.
0: There we go. All right, Gabe says seven out of ten, and we'll move on into my first review of the evening. And I'm going to be talking about Malignant. And of course, I always like to bring at least one new horror film to the table, and brand new horror film with the story and direction by mr james Wan, who is i would say currently the most recognizable horror director with films like the first two conjuring the first two insidious films saw and dead silence and he took a little bit of a break from horror and directed a couple of blockbusters with furious seven one of t-man's all-time favorite films and aquaman
2: you loved him in aquaman right you want um, you check that out right <laughs> Well, I guess those movies. I'm, I'm a, those a movies suck. <laughs> those movies suck. Let's just be
1: honest; those movies are not good. Neither one of them. No, I,
0: I didn't watch Aquaman and I didn't watch uh, Furious Seven either. So, um, but anyway, Malignant has has been kind of his long-awaited return to horror. I think it's been about six or seven years since uh, he last put a horror film out. Um, anyway, the film stars Annabelle Wallace. Maddie Hayson, George Young, Jacqueline McKenzie, and Nicole Brianna White. And according to Wikipedia, the plot synopsis is a woman who begins to have visions of people being murdered only to realize the events are happening in real life. That, that was Wikipedia's lazy attempt at the plot, maybe because the film is so insane that they didn't really know what else to say about it other than that. Um, the critics, whom I personally feel more than ever before, are super disconnected with what constitutes a good film and really what audience are, are are craving, for the most part have been really kind to Malignant. And 76% of them have given it a favorable review. However, audiences, on the other hand, and this is according to CinemaScore, gave the film a C, which if you know anything about CinemaScore's scores rating, system, that's actually pretty low. Well,
1: Wes, I will jump in here on this. I hate to interrupt you on this. But, with the cinema score, this is with horror movies, horror movies are historically known to get bad cinema scores. Even the good ones. Like, I remember reading about The Witch, you know, you love that, got really bad cinema score. Because that's just how... So, anyway, I just want to put that as a caveat to what you were saying on that.
0: Yeah, and I think, so just to maybe defend uh, audiences that are going to see stuff. I, sometimes these horror films, especially like The Witch, I think it has to 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 sit with you a little bit. So as soon as you're walking out of the theater and you're giving a movie a score, like I, there's a lot of people I showed The Witch to uh, right after it was over, and they didn't like it. And then like one of my friends, he came back to me a little while later wanting to see the film again and watch it, and he's like, yeah, you are right, that is... That movie is amazing. So I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those situations, but I'm not about to crap all over Malignant. But I I just wanted to kind of throw that out there that uh, so far, majority of of audiences have been uh, pretty lukewarm to the film. But again, and I can understand why. I mean, the film is is truly outrageous. It is not everyone's cup of tea and. After the film opened with a really, in my opinion, silly opening scene, I did not care for it at all. And I was like, oh, man, I'm really not going to like this movie. I thought that the, the movie settles in and it got me really interested. The story moves along at a really good pace. And I honestly liked where I thought that it could potentially be headed when suddenly the movie just goes crazy. I mean, it goes crazy nuts like i just could not believe where this film had go team Men even warned me it was gonna get wild it was gonna get dead silence wild and i thought that was a great description but even that didn't do the movie justice yeah. basically james Wan was let off the leash much like james gunn was let off the leash with the suicide yeah. squad and never in my wildest dreams did i expect that third act and climax i i was I was honestly speechless after it was over, and I was just asking myself, like, what the F just happened here? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure that I'm probably making some of our audience want to check the movie out to see what really happens. But again, temper your expectations. But overall, I'll just say that, although I didn't personally care for how the movie ended up, I really appreciate Juan's attempt to do something different. We've been talking about this on the show for a while now about just wanting the studios to try to do something different and uh, put some money behind more creativity versus just formulaic films. And they did that in this particular situation. And I want to push for more movies like this to happen. Uh, I'm going to come in at a six out of 10 and I'm going to tell the audience it's a one-time watch. It does have a couple of scary scenes in it. Just unfortunately, what I wanted out of it were more to the level of some of the scares in The Conjuring, the, the original, and the original Insidious film. I wish it would have had those, and I didn't feel like it, it lived up to the scary level of those. He shot it extremely well, and the more I thought about it, remember the cinematography for The Conjuring, which looked very good and even had that 70s-type feel to it. But then add like a Italian giallo on top of that and kind of blend those together. And that's what I thought the film looked like. And I also really liked the movie poster. I thought it was really, really cool. So, T-Man, I know you've seen Malignant. I don't know if anybody else has seen it, but those are kind of, those are my thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, you wrapped it up well. And it's exactly what I was kind of texting you about right after I saw it. I texted you kind of those thoughts. And I knew kind of you know what you were going to think. And then while you were watching it, um, I said, "Just hang on, hang tight. It's gonna, it's gonna get crazy." Uh, it did. And I'll be honest with you: when I went and saw it in the theater, I went and saw it actually opening day. I think didn't me too, but I just wound up doing that. And when that third act happened, I was literally laughing out loud in the theater. It was so mind-bogglingly kind of crazy and out there. But <laughs> the more I've thought about it. Like we've talked about, you know, I appreciate it and I kind of like it and I actually really do like Malignant. You know, it's not a great movie by any means, but it's really entertaining. It's well done and it's so far out there and so kind of. I don't want to say original, but interesting, and they're trying some things that you don't expect and just unusual that I really appreciated that aspect. You know, I think we're we're kind of in a state of, and we've talked about this from a TV perspective and a movie perspective, there's a lot of content out there, but a lot of it is just kind of average. There's a lot of average stuff. There's not a lot of great stuff by any means. But there's also just not a lot of interesting stuff that's like t- takes you back and shocks you and show you something new and totally unexpected. And malignant did that, and I appreciated that. And uh, I just, you know, like I said, I just really enjoyed watching it because it was just totally unexpected where they went with it. Hats off to James Wan to come to to really doing what he set out to do, which you've re- you've read interviews. He said he wanted to try some new things, stretch himself, and not do the same thing. And I think he achieved that. Julie, Gabe, either of you seen Malignant?
3: I have not seen it.
2: My husband no. saw it, but I did not.
1: It looks too scary
2: for me, but I'm intrigued.
1: <laughs> it's really not even scary, Gabe. I'll be
2: no, completely
0: honest not. with you. Just I a couple of scenes were were kind of creepy, but that was that wow. was really it.
2: I had the choice between Malignant and Candyman and I chose Candyman because of my, like, and I talked to you guys about it because I loved Candyman as a kid, but.
1: Well, as Jigsaw says and saw, you chose wrong. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, I liked Malignant better than Candyman as well. Well, let's get into our final round here of movies and Julie, we're back to you. What else did you bring back
3: around to me? All right. So. The other movie that I'm going to talk about today was kind of interesting. Apparently, it was an exclusive to Cinemark Theatres. So, it may not have seen it everywhere across the country. Um, I saw Queen Pins. Did y'all see trailers for Queen Pins?
0: I have, Julie. I just saw my first one, um, I think, yesterday or the Mm -hmm. day before. And I was like, oh, yeah, Julie's going to review that one. Same. I saw it yesterday.
3: Okay, so... I guess wait and tell me what you think about the trailer until I tell you what I thought about the movie, I guess. Okay. Deal. So I saw this trailer and it tripped me out. I was like, they're putting out a movie about extreme coupon clippers. Like, what is this world coming to? This is crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> Kristen Bell's in it. Vince Vaughn's in it. Like, what is going on here? But I wanted to see it because I was like, it looks kind of funny. Like, it's an all out, like, comedy, funny movie. So I went and saw it last week and I thought I better go see it because at our Cinemark, it was already down to like two t- times. And then the next uh, day it went to like nine o'clock at night. And I was like, I'm not going at nine o'clock at night to watch a movie. Too old to do that. So I was like, I'm going to the matinee. So I saw the matinee. Y'all, this movie is funny. Like it is a, it is a laugh out loud, funny movie. So I'm going to start with that. Now, it stars Kristen Bell, who, of course, we know from pretty much everything. She's, like, all over the place. Yeah. Anna and Frozen. She's on The Good Place. Like, all sorts of things. Um, And another actress named Kirby Howell Baptiste, who I did not recognize her. And I looked her up on IMDb after the movie, and I was like, oh, my God, I've seen her in Lots of things. Like she was in Cruella. She played like the reporter in Cruella. Um, she's been in tons of stuff. And she's also been in a lot of stuff with Kristen Bell. So apparently they need to stay together because they make a good duo. So Kristen Bell plays Connie. She's a former Olympian race walker. Yes, that is a thing. It is, <laughs> yeah. it is truly a thing. Um, she's married. She's a housewife. And she can't have a baby. So she kind of overcompensates because she's very competitive with coupon clipping. And she basically gets that same high that she would get from like being an Olympian by going to the grocery store with her book of coupons and, you know, getting $300 worth of goods for like $10. That's like her high now. Now her best friend is Jojo and that's the one that's played by Hal Baptiste. And she's trying to get her sales, like a, she has like a cosmetics business going. She had had her identity stolen. So she, like her credit is terrible. Like she can't catch a break. So basically they hang out every day and they click coupons and they talk about all these deals and how amazing this all is. And Kristen Bell one day picks up a box of Wheaties and she opens it, you know, like we do when we're stressed. We open up a box of something and we shove a big handful of it into our mouths, right? She's crunching. She's thinking, oh, this doesn't really taste that great because the Wheaties are stale. So y'all probably don't do this because I'm going to be stereotypical. Y'all are guys. But girls tend to like get really annoyed when stuff is not good. And we write the we write the manufacturer that whatever it is, stale. <laughs> So she writes a note, like, this is stale, it's terrible. So of course, what do they do? They send her a coupon for a free box. So she shows her friend and gets the idea that maybe she should, like, write more letters in and get more free stuff. So it kind of takes on a life of its own after that. Now, there's kind of a side story going on, kind of a parallel story. And this one follows the guy who works for the supermarket chain. And he's a prevention loss specialist. So he's the guy that's going to come in and say, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. That coupon expired two days ago. We can't, we can't take that coupon anymore. He's that guy. And he notices that, you know, things are kind of wonky because of some scheme. I don't want to go into too many details, y'all. This movie was so fun. Um, but there's a scheme that the two girls hatch that comes under the scrutiny of our loss prevention specialist. And the guy that plays this character, you are seeing him in all sorts of things. Um, his, let me see. His name is Paul Wal- Walter Hauser. And I know y'all are Cobra Kai fans, right?
1: Yeah, he's in that. He's also he's in Richard in, Jewell.
3: Yes, he's the guy. He's Richard Jewell from Richard Jewell. And Cruella. Yeah, and I, Tanya. Like, he's all over the place. And he's in this movie, and he is so good. Like, he just plays the kind of character he tends to play in these movies really, really well. And so things kind of get a little crazy. I don't want to go into details because it takes so many fun twists and turns. But I have to say, Vince Vaughn is in this movie. We see him probably about two-thirds of the way through the film. And he's kind of in his element of just being... Snarky and funny. And I laughed out loud several times with scenes that he was in. And I also have to say, for any BB Rexa fans out there, she makes her feature film debut. And she was another one I kept looking at her thinking, who is that? And it dawned on me partway through the movie that of who it was. And I looked it up and I was like, it's that singer girl. And she was good. So, Queen Pins, fun movie. I might say like a seven out of 10. Because I had a really good time watching it. It was just a lot of fun,
0: you know, though that sounds to me like you know when they they first started coming out with Social network, I heard a lot of people like they're they're gonna make a Facebook movie. or when the founder came out, it was like they're 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 talking about the beginning of McDonald's. You know, just like those stories that don't seem, Like they're that interesting. But then Mm -hmm. once you get into them, they actually turn out to be really interesting stories. And of course, it's all in the hands of the filmmaker to bring the story to life. But those were the kind of the thoughts that I was I was given just because the subject matter doesn't always seem interesting. You sometimes kind of have to look behind the scenes a little bit on who's involved with it. And um, but that's great. I'm I'm glad you glad glad you saw it and glad you and you enjoyed
2: it. I was thinking the exact same thing. I mean, you sold me on the cast. How did they get Kristen Bell and Vince Vaughn to do this movie? And then it has to be good. It has to be funny. Like it is, it's and, so fun. And the story in itself, like, I mean, it sounds like it's educational. It's probably gonna teach you guys how to save money at the supermarket. So don't <laughs>
3: Or tell you uh, what not
2: to do or vice versa tell you what (laughs) how not how to not get caught but i mean i mean i while you were giving the review was writing a bad review for these pretzels that i just got because i was hoping they would send me some more yeah they're extremely stale
4: free and 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 so
2: and and these diet cokes that i just got were flat i'm writing (laughs) letters right now i'm
3: telling you you need some free coupons
2: yeah I see where their heads at and I like where they're going with it. A funny story is my friend Chris Bear wrote a letter to Mountain Dew and told him how much he loved Mountain Dew in college. And they sent him a free like thing of Mountain Dew. And he was and so then he he was like, you know what I should do is I should make a paste and you know, just a general letter where I can just paste whatever product I want into it and send a bunch out. And he did that, and he got, like, like tons of stuff, stuff from Doritos.
3: <laughs> See? He was already, like, doing what's going on in the
2: movie. Chris, if you're what? listening to this, I'm plugging it. because. But if they find out, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> T-Man, have you seen this one?
1: No, I have not. And uh, it kind of goes into the – I call it – it's a subgenre of – people you know trying to stick it to the man i guess you could say that has kind of grown exponentially over the past several years you know you've got hustlers is in that same vein i think it was the same producing team as actually this movie and they're very uh usually very entertaining because they're kind of populist entertainments in a way uh we all kind of want to uh i guess stick it to the corporations or, uh, the one percenters or your boss or whoever it may be, uh, someone, whoever's getting it won over on you, you want to, you know, beat them at their own game. I guess you could say, um, yeah. it even goes back to movies like the sting, you know, from the early 1970s. I think it's all within that vein. And this one looks really funny. And, uh, I think it's based on a true story. If I saw the trailer, right. And, um, definitely going to watch it. All right. That's, uh,
0: Julie's review for Queen Pins. And Team man we're back to you.
1: All right. So my next movie, I'm going a complete 180 from uh, Shang-Chi and going into the card counter. So this is a sm- much smaller movie, uh, really a dark drama directed by the great Paul Schrader. That name sounds familiar to you. Of course, he wrote films such as Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. Uh, he has a wide and vast film arc. Artist- Filmography, where he's done all sorts of different uh, writing and filmmaking uh, jobs, and this is definitely right in his vein of focusing on morally compromised uh, men with heavy weighted, you know, thematic subjects over them who are tortured by their past. That's kind of his uh, expertise, and tortured by society in so many different ways. And you know, the the brief synopsis of this movie is that um you know we have our our main character here uh paid by played by oscar isaac who is a card counter so he goes across the country to different casinos playing cards and he has a dark past you can tell i'm not going to go too much into that past but it involves his time working in the military and the things that he did during that time and the repercussions that caused from that and the things he had to pay for that and he was still dealing with it uh, mentally having the post-traumatic stress disorder and all of other things and he's trying to deal with that through the movie he connects with a couple different characters um, one played by ty sheridan and the other played by tiffany hadish and they're both really good and he forms a bond with both of them in different ways um, one is a romantic interest one as a kind of a Sun figure and those two figures give him a light i guess uh, a way forward uh maybe thinking that there is a future for him uh because you know for a long time in the movie he doesn't think there is one and i'm not going to really spoil anything and you can kind of you know watch the film um and kind of see what his journey uh takes from there it is a very dark film it is very uh Lots of themes, moral themes, heavy weighted themes, I guess you can say a lot of uh, talk, you know, thematics around war and torture and uh, what does redemption mean and a lot of different things like that a small film but like i said a lot of things to think about Um, i definitely enjoyed it i knew going in that would be one of those heavy dramas and if you're in that mindset uh you know i think you'll appreciate this type of movie led by a phenomenal oscar isaac who i think is really one of our best actors out there uh so like i said if you're into that type of film that is not going to pull any punches and it may be one of those that you walk out is like oh, i just really did not like that movie i could see people doing that easily uh but i could also see people being like i really enjoyed it um so like i said i enjoyed it i think i thought it was a fascinating film to watch so i was and gave i'm not sure if you have seen it but Julia, i believe you've seen it so any thoughts or feedback from from my review on that movie
3: I haven't seen it yet. I ended up seeing oh. instead. So card counter is still on our list, though, because we love Oscar Isaac.
1: Phenomenal actor. Yes, One of the best. Is. I'll watch him in anything. Okay, well, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go and watch it. Uh, Wes, Gabe, have you all seen this yet?
2: No, I want to because, like, in my family, like, several of the my family members, pl- we grew up playing cards and can count cards. So kind I was kind, uh, of, I was kind of intrigued but well, i have not seen it
1: don't go in expecting a happy movie i'll just put it that way <laughs> well i don't like fun so i think that i'll probably There's, check this
0: one
2: out yes, west I, is gonna
1: love it i knew this would be right down your alley man the <laughs> no fun west movies west loves these types you're gonna come out hating yourself and west is like that's what i always do when i watch movies so you know there you go <laughs> i just
0: i just get on too much of a high and i just need something to bring me down so uh, that's,
1: yeah. that's why i watch these movies
0: oh my yeah. goodness that's great Team man, what uh, did you uh? What would you rate this one?
1: Uh, if I would rate it, I would give it. You know, I don't know. It, some of these are really hard to rate. I think maybe a seven out of ten.
0: Okay. All right. I just wanted to know basically whether it was just a solid movie or whether it was like great and mu- and a must see. This
1: is one of those, I I consider, you know, honestly, I'll be completely honest with the audience. You're going to get real talk right here. I'm not a big fan (laughs) of giving ratings to every movie because I think I have a hard time sometimes with those ratings. Like, the card counter is a perfect example. I don't really know what I want to rate it. Like, sometimes I think it's higher rate, like it should get higher, but there's other times I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's such a hard movie to rate, and I think if you watch it, You'll 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 understand what I'm kind of going for there. Um, So, like I said, seven out of ten, because Wes is forcing me. But I'm really (laughs) not 100 percent sure on that. Hey, listeners, if you've been listening to our
0: recent episodes, you've been hearing about the epic sci fi book series Shadowed Stars by author Stephen Kautz. We're so excited to have Steven as a partner of Real Talk A Movie podcast because Shadowed Stars incorporates all the aspects of storytelling that most of us movie fans love. As the movie buddy always says, he likes when the story transports the audience to a different world, and that's exactly what Steven is doing with the book series. Shadowed Stars is an epic science fiction series, but as we learned on our recent interview series episode with Steven, he likes to incorporate other genres into his books, such as romance horror, action, and even westerns, which I love that approach. Now, I do want to caution that Shadowed Stars is for a mature audience, so I don't recommend tucking the kids into bed while reading chapters from the book. It being for a mature audience is another aspect that I think is very unique, as we normally don't get that with other sci-fi epics. Steven has eight numbered books planned in the series, The odd-numbered books will focus on one line of characters. The even-numbered books will focus on another line of characters, with some cameos mixed in. This helps to keep the stories fresh and the character arcs forming over the entire series. Listeners, I can't encourage you enough to check out Shadowed Stars. Book 1 is available now, and so is Book 2, Shadowed Stars, The Reign of the Black Guard. Steven is hopeful that Book 3 will be available by the end of 2021. Now, where can you purchase these books? Book one and two again available now. Head over to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, iTunes you name it. For more information on Shadowed Stars and author Stephen Couts, visit ShadowedStarsBooks.com. Seven out of ten
2: for the card counter. And Gabe, what else did you bring us? All right, guys, we've talked all good movies tonight. Everybody's given their movies at least sixes out of tens. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this next one. I'm going to give a four out of 10. So <laughs> I get to be the downer tonight. Yes. All right. So the movie that I watched is Kate. It's also on Netflix. You can check it out. And it stars the actress from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That's married to Obi-Wan Kenobi. I forget what her name is. Uh, that's what oh, I bring to you. Um,
3: Mar- it's like Mary, some- Mary something Winstead.
2: Yeah. I mean- it's like, it's one of those proper names. It sounds yeah. like it should be a purse. Um, <laughs> But anyway, she, <laughs> she she's in it. Her hair's not dyed a color, so that's confusing. But let me—have any of you guys seen the movie Crank: High Voltage with Jason Statham in it?
0: I actually oh, purposely yeah. avoided that one. I don't I like.
3: Think that I have one. seen yeah. that one. I always love Jason Statham like crazy. Action movies.
2: I do too. Like I have this weird. Affinity. Yeah, Crank is great. So. So it basically, like, I don't really mind. And this is a subject I want to talk about. Like, sometimes these reviews will be like, oh, it stole the plot from this movie. It stole the plot from this movie. I don't care. And I talked about that over one of my last reviewing the new movies. I don't care if it's good and I enjoy watching it and I feel like I'm going on a journey throughout the story. But this one basically steals the plot of Crank High Voltage. She's a girl. She has something happen early on. Where she has to inject herself with adrenaline all the time. And she's fighting these super assassins the entire time to get her comeuppance. And I'm like, this is crank high voltage with a chick. And it is. (laughs) And that's what the movie is. Like, there's no other plot necessary because she's trying to get revenge for something that happens early in the movie. It also kind of reminds me of John Wick. Uh, I guess it could, I mean, you could think of it in a John Wick way. If you are go into it expecting John Wick, that's what you're going to get with a chick. Um, and that rhymes, which is cool. Um, but the movie itself, uh, it's good. It's got its good moments. I'm giving it a four out of 10 because there's some really cool action sequences and I've never seen that, that uh, I've never seen, I can't think of her name, do action, but she is actually quite good in it. Um, the, the negative about it is, the whole movie, she's looking for this drink called Boom Boom Lemon. And it doesn't even talk about why. The only thing, I, I did some research afterwards because I was so intrigued. I was like, why did she want this drink? And they say it connected her to her past as a child. Why she wanted this Boom Boom Lemon drink. But it's like, it's over the top. I researched it to see if it was an actual drink afterwards. I thought it was all, almost like a, like a... A commercial for the drink i mean it was so prevalent throughout the entire movie like i was like well let me let me taste this boom boom lemon and i would have bought some if it was a real thing it's not i'll save you that spoiler but um the movie itself it's good great uh good action sequences but overall it falls flat it's a four out of ten it took me two watches to finish it it's on netflix uh anybody seen kate
3: I watched the trailer today. I guess you could call a trailer. It was kind of like a scene. And we yeah. were kind of like, eh, I don't
2: know
1: about this one.
2: Honestly, I, I might even give it a three. I don't know. It's flip-flopped <laughs> between a three and a four. The more yeah, we're
3: not adding are. that to our no. list. That's not I gonna haven't
1: be seen cool. it, Gabe, and I'm not going to see it.
2: Well, I'm yeah. saving it. It
1: sounds dreadful.
2: Yeah. There's I, just,
1: be, Netflix movies are just, good. you like, there are some that are good. Very few.
3: It's a crapshoot.
1: So, so that's most, why I, I would say about 95% why. these days are not very good. Um, even though Gabe has turned into the Netflix man, I've noticed. Um
2: no, but that's why I serve a purpose because night books good, kate bad.
1: And that's <laughs> there you go. What? <laughs> oh, so 50%. So okay, we're at 50%. Okay. That's not bad. <laughs> See, I don't I like those. Pretty honest. bad, really though. But you know, like I said. Netflix uses an algorithm to make their movies. I think everybody knows that at this point. And this movie looks exactly like that. They just took all all the the action movies that people have liked over the past 10 years and said, hey, let's try to make a movie that when people are falling asleep at night, they're like, ah, oh, this is somewhat entertaining. I'll fall asleep to it. And they accomplished their goal.
2: Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. I was able to get through it. But it wasn't something I was like, yay. You know what I mean? So there, that's what it is.
1: I guess that's where we're at in, in movies these days. I was it to- <laughs> was it worse than she's all uh he's all that? No, it's better than that.
2: I watched the four, the first 14 minutes and wanted to stab myself. <laughs> I was just
0: trying to I was just trying to catch you admitting that you'd watch the whole thing. So, no nice work. I thought I could trick you. Treat
1: should- it. We should have a weekly segment or, or whenever we do these episodes of the worst movie on Netflix, because that's what this is turning to
2: <laughs> What is the
4: worst
1: movie on Netflix at this point? Because they release a movie a week and it's usually the worst thing out.
2: Yeah. Maybe I'll be your guy. You know, I wouldn't watch Fast Nine. I, you know, I'll be your guy. I watched the new Cinderella on Prime. I've got it, guys. Don't worry about it. I'll step in. Here's
1: the at least I could get through it, guy. <laughs>
4: in my life that
1: he, he
0: that he's decided to do this so that <laughs> that works for me all right guys i'll i'll wrap us up tonight with one final review or at least i think it's gonna be one final review uh with cry macho and cry macho is a 2021 american neo western however, I really don't like that designation as it just it doesn't feel like a Western at all. It's just more of a straight drama. I think they just wanted to throw that in there for marketing purposes because of Clint Eastwood being in it. It was directed by the absolute iconic Clint Eastwood and was based on the in Richard Nash novel that was published in 1975. It stars 91 year old Clint Eastwood. Dwight Yoakam, and Eduardo Min- Minutes. T-Man actually mentioned uh, recently that, you know, we really should do a Clint Eastwood episode at some point, and and I totally agree. I mean, I, I absolutely love Clint Eastwood. I like him in front of the camera. I like his direction. I like the stories that he typically does. But he's just been on a streak really since Sully – of films that I just don't feel were just just that good. It's just like he's just doing them because he just loves movies so much, but none of them have felt just extremely good. Is
2: Clint Eastwood the Tom Brady of movies? Is he just going to, you know, like <laughs> Tom Brady's playing football and he's like 45. Is he just going to keep doing it? Are we going to get a Clint Eastwood movie when he's 100? I hope so, honestly.
0: I don't see, I don't think that he'll stop just because it's just like, He's probably at that point where it just gives him purpose and he likes it and he's just going to keep doing it as long as his body holds out. And uh, I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I, we'll get into my review here. I, this is not a terrible film by any means. But one thing that, that is interesting about Cry Macho is that Clint rides a horse in the film. And that's something that he hasn't done since 1992 in Unforgiven. Which I think that it's amazing that at his age, he's directing, he's acting, he's riding horses. So uh, like all that's cool. According to Wikipedia, again, we're, we're coming in here with the awesome plot synopsis. The story follows a former rodeo star who is hired to reunite a young man in Mexico with his dad. Well... Um, none of these Wikipedia premises make you want to run out <laughs> and see the movie, but that is all that they have to say about it. And really, it's pretty much what the movie is. But the, mo- the movie is actually very well directed. I don't feel that uh, like, you know, like a, a, a Richard Jewell or uh, the Mule and some of the other ones that he's done recently. I really didn't even feel like the, the directing was very good, which I really like Clint's kind of more slow, methodical directing style that he uses. Mm-hmm. And um this movie is is like that. It, it's it's done really well. It looks great. It has great scenic shots. But again, it falls into the same issues that those last few Clint Eastwood films have. It just feels choppy. And the best way that I could describe it are just some of the scenes of and not just cry macho, of his last several, some of the scenes feel like they were rehearsal scenes that wound up in the final cut of the movie. That's the best way that I know how to describe it. Plus, Clint's character in the book, in the writer's mind, I have not written the book, but he had to be younger. Like I don't think they envision a 90-year-old man (laughs) doing this stuff, because he looks and he moves like he's 90, which is not a knock. Against him, he's doing the best that he can, but the stuff that his character does in the movie getting in fights, fist fights, getting offered sex by a very rich, attractive woman in her late 30s, falling in love with a movie in her late 40s to early 50s, and receiving that love back just doesn't seem right (laughs) and it doesn't look good on film. Uh, so that was really distracting. Again, Clint <laughs> is doing the best that he can in the movie, and so does the young man played by again uh, Eduardo Minute. Um, but although you can tell Eduardo is really trying, I just don't feel that he is a good actor. I don't feel like he was well cast. He's obviously extremely raw, and it showed. Plus. I don't know what the hell Dwight Yoakum's doing in it. He is terrible in this film. Dwight is awful. I just could not get over how bad Dwight was in this movie. And I know he's a mu- musician first, but he's been in some good movies. His performance in Panic Room is great. He had played such a great villain in that film, but this just wasn't it. I don't know what the heck he was doing, but I heard that Clint really likes to just shoot one take if he can or a couple takes. He, he really doesn't like to do stuff over and over. And uh, I think Matt Damon said that after he shoots a scene, instead of yelling cut, he usually just says, ah, that's enough of that. And so I can see Clint just shooting one, one attempt at it, saying that's enough of that, and then moving on to the next scene. Uh, I do like the story. The story is good. I appreciate that fatherly bond between Eastwood's character that he, he develops with Minnett's character. And I also like the ending of the movie. I thought they wrapped it up really well. I really like how where the story goes. But more or less, it's just a mindless throwaway film. There is no need in running out and seeing this or thinking, hey, it's Clint Eastwood. Clint always delivers, but let me go and check this one out. It, it's, it's nothing like that. It's just kind of a, a toss-away movie that – Within a few months, I will really have forgot that I even saw it. Plus, the macho is a chicken or is a rooster. And I really could have done without that subplot. It's pretty
2: goofy. (laughs) Uh, You know how much I love chickens. (laughs) I don't know. You're selling me. (laughs) I've got four of them. I love them more every day
0: so the the last thing i'll say about it there are just some other movies out there that are in the same vein where um really Gran torino is a much better film and it's it's they're really similar in um just kind of the bond between you know this kind of older beat down gentleman kind of taking a younger under his wing and and caring for him so Gran torino much better than this I'm, st- I'm still going to give it maybe like a five and a half um, out of 10 simply because I just barely liked it. Like there there's nothing really just terrible about it. It's just it's just not really that good. It's just, again a throwaway film. So that's my review for Cry Macho. Has anyone else seen it? Any any other thoughts about the movie before we wind this episode down?
2: Well, I wanted to, but now I don't know if I do. But the chicken thing probably sold me. I'll check it out and tell you what Maybe I mean. Maybe just
3: watch and just fast forward to, like, the rooster scenes.
2: Yeah, I <laughs> could
1: do that. I did like Richard Jewell. I think that's one of his better movies recently. I really like Sully. So oh, He still is capable of doing good movies. Um, I, I wish he kind of stuck to directing because um, at 91, you know, God bless him, it's really just, you know, it's not his prime to act. But, you know, who am I to say for Clint not to act anymore? I actually just watched A uh, Fistful of Dollars and For a Few Dollars More just recently again. Uh, I've seen them, you know, multiple times, but it just harkens back to his uh, iconic status uh, of the man with no name. And I love those movies. So, like I said, love, Clint. I just got to ask you, Wes, is the movie fun?
0: Um, You know, maybe I had just a little bit of fun. Probably Why the Bad Review i don't like having that fun i don't want any any yeah
2: oh now i'm intrigued this has moved me
0: well i will try to close this episode out and i just want to say julie thank you so much for coming on you did an awesome job you know your stuff we can certainly tell you're a you're a cinephile just thanks for being on
3: thanks for having me it was a lot of fun
2: you were awesome you did a great job
3: And I'm just going to say, if y'all are doing some kind of Marvel episode and you need a guest, you know, to pop on, I'm just saying, I might be your girl.
2: Oh, we will definitely consider that because that may be in the works. I don't know. Me and T-Man have been working on some stuff secretively. Wes can't (laughs) be on that episode because he doesn't like fun. (laughs) you
3: got to embrace Marvel. embrace. (sighs)
2: Well, I've got. I don't want to ruin it. I've got an
1: idea for West, though. But these are all things we're going to work on the episode. I think I got a (laughs) West to play. To to be continued. But yeah, thanks, Julie, for that. So glad to hear you're a Marvel fan, and uh, so glad to uh, have you on this episode. Loved your reviews, and can't wait to keep interacting with you in our groups and have you back on again.
0: And and Julie, do you have uh, like a a blog or or anything that you want to shout out to? The listeners that uh, they can check out more of your work or support any cause that you're involved in, anything like that.
3: Well, my husband and I have a podcast, so
0: shout it out! Anybody
3: looking for a new one, it's Real Funny Stories Podcast.
0: And where can where can they find that at?
3: They can find it actually anywhere you can get podcasts from. We're on like everything.
0: Awesome. Well, tell tell since we're getting into this, tell the audience just a little bit about what they can expect from each of your episodes.
3: So each of our episodes, we focus on kind of funny stories that are in the news or crazy stories in the news. Um, We've had a lot of Bridezilla stories lately because they're just absolutely crazy and funny. Um, And we talk a little (laughs) bit about just our own stuff. Sometimes we throw in some movies here and there just because we love movies. Um, But it's just kind of like a fun make you laugh, kind of giggle, chuckle, sort of a podcast. And we also have a Facebook group like y'all do called Real Funny Stories Podcast. And it's you share memes, you know, funny stories. Um, We have the same thing like y'all have where, you know, I could go into your group and uh, submit a post. You can do that in our group. Submit memes, funny stories, real life stories. Those are always the best. Um, But just fun stuff like that. We like to make people laugh.
0: Well, we definitely need more they of that now. Now that, of course, that sounds like fun to me. So yeah,
2: Wes is not, <laughs> not going to be your guy. I don't know. If I, I, I don't know. Come if on, I, that one. I
1: feel like Gabe and I, I can. But Julie, let me ask you this: Is <laughs> Gabe's story from earlier in the night? Does that qualify?
3: Oh yes, that would be freaking awesome to have as a real funny story.
1: <laughs> I don't, Seriously, I don't know, you know, know if it's funny. Sad funny. Guys, a little bit. I don't think you It's like it right? a whole
3: mix. 'Cause like it's tragic, you know, because you were like locked out there, but then it's funny because you know you had to pee. Like there's just that whole kind of thing, like, what did he do? What did he have to do? Like, like you get the listener involved.
2: How long did how long did he wait before he decided to pour the pee over the balcony? There's all kinds of stuff. It would be it's like
3: almost like a cliffhanger. You're like, what? And then it goes to a commercial and you're like, How long did he wait?
2: I should have made up like some old lady like walked right under my pee and and that would (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i failed
0: (laughs) and and julie is there any other uh social media for your podcast that you want to shout out or you mainly just do the facebook group
3: just pretty much the group that's the one we focus on
0: well that's our favorite over here as well we we always want our audience to, to to come over to facebook and hang out with us there but again thank you so much for being here audience Please check out her podcast. We, again, really appreciate her coming on, and I'm sure you'll hear from her again on our show in the future. And for us, we would love for you to, um, you know, come leave us a review, leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. That would be awesome. Uh, I was telling the guys before we started, we just printed up some shirts and uh, we're gonna be giving away some real talk a movie podcast shirts in our Facebook group. We don't know what kind of contest or thing that we're gonna come up with yet, but we're gonna give some shirts away. Might sell a few as well. You can find us on social media. We've already talked about our Facebook group, Real Talk a Movie Podcast. But you can go over to Twitter. You'll find us at Real. That's R E E L underscore Cast. We have an Instagram page. Just search Official Real Talk a Movie Podcast. We have a Patreon as well. If you're so inclined to give monetarily to our cause here, type in Real Talk A Movie Podcast over at Patreon. And special shout out to Ren Burnett that runs our Instagram page and then designed our new podcast logo, which wound up on the T-shirts. Really appreciate him doing that. And for us, that's a wrap.